Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And it's Sam Bankman. It sounds like you've been following this FTX thing pretty closely. Yeah, I've been wa- I've been really glued to it. I've been watching all of uh, the news did on that, a, but that, that's about there? the only news I've been watching. Do you want to admit whether you're not whether or not you had an account with uh, with FTX? Oh, I did not have an okay, account with good. FTX. Oh, I don't have none of my cryptos on exchange. And I'll, I'll admit move. that. <laughs> yeah, no, forget that. Even yeah. even all the exchanges they had a you know, they they all released their books and sent out emails and stuff. And you mm-hmm. know, I'm looking at them like. Eh, I don't know if this is correct. These are even numbers. Like, mm. what's going on here? I don't know if they really have it or not. Yeah, you really can't trust these uh, these guys. I mean, if there is a trustworthy exchange out there, it's hard to know which one it would be. And yeah. even then, you still don't know if they're going to get hacked. So yeah. even the most honest exchange could still be under some sort of an attack from an outside source or even an insider. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody working in the tech support department or the engineering department is a bad guy. And then they have a backdoor access. Like what supposedly happened in this FTX case right. was just a couple days, like within hours or whatever, of the uh, them locking the, locking the doors, so to speak. Somebody snuck in the back door and took hundreds of millions of dollars of, uh, of cryptocurrencies out. Wait, the, when was this? Like recently? This was like two days after they Jeez locked Louise. out their exchange. Yeah. Like right when they yeah. filed bankruptcy, that night I think it was, or the night before, Somebody went in and literally stole hundreds of millions of dollars wow. out, worth of cryptocurrency out of the FTX vaults. So, where, like whatever they had left was was cleared out. Where is the government on this? I mean, not that I expect the government to do anything on anything ever, but well, when when there is actual crimes like this and money laundering and money disappearing, you know, do you think this is like something we want to look at? Well, right now, uh, I mean, he's based in the Bahamas, right? So, when you say the government, do you mean the Bahamian government? Well, I guess. And you know what? The United States, they have black ops. They could just sweep in with a helicopter, grab them, and then fly away. You know, they really could do this. And Well, they could. According to uh, CNBC, in a bombshell emergency court filing, FTX said evidence suggests Bahamian regulators directed Bankman to gain unauthorized access to FTX systems to obtain digital assets belonging to the company after it had filed for bankruptcy protection. So wow. uh, apparently they then said that Bankman then transferred those assets to the custody of the Bahamian government. So according to this story at CNBC, Is it there, maybe, the, maybe the hack that happened after the site was quote-unquote shut down, the back door that was opened up and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of crypto emptied out from the accounts, maybe that went into the hands of the Bahamian government. Maybe they're protecting him. I don't know. I was just reading a little bit about his dad today. He's a college professor, and he is a, uh, psycho- a psychologist, really? I believe. Mm. So he's not a financial regulator, but what he did do was he wrote extensively about kind of the, um, I think it was like anxiety or something like mm. that, and how that could relate to lowering tax fraud. Like there was some sort of med- medication or whatever. Oh, I'm sure like, they fine-tune these things. <laughs> he's a big status, right? Yeah. Like I don't, he wasn't a regulator per se from what I was reading, but he believes in it, right? Like he believes in regulation, he believes in taxation, and he wanted to figure out ways to get tax compliance to be higher. Mm-hmm. So his dad and his mom, I think to some extent as well, uh, she was she's some sort of psychologist uh, also. And uh, so these are two people who love the government. They love yeah. big government. And so to hear Sam Bankman say F regulators is really shocking to me. Hypocritical. Like, I mean, galore. 
good for him for you know changing his mind on that. Maybe he. <laughs> That's not how it's going down though, Ian. Like he had the, all these things in mind beforehand. He set the motions in place. He let these collapses happen the way he wanted it to. He knew that it was going to catch up to him, and he has him. You know, tweets in play. Right, he, he's been numbering them. It's weird, mm-hmm. and it, it it's really strange. Like he almost like did it all on purpose. Like all these tweets are on purposely planned and to be released timely. He, he's. He's playing. He's playing the game as hard as he can, and he, he's good chance he's going to get away with it because of it. You know. Well, he's going to get away with it if he gets away with it because he gave millions of dollars to the establishment. He gave forty million dollars, I think, was what it was to the Democratic mm-hmm. establishment. So yeah. why are they going to touch him? I mean, he uh, admitted in a video that I saw yesterday evening that. And this was like in an interview he did a year ago. He admits that he lied to banks in order to open bank accounts. Yeah. Which is exactly what they're accusing the Crypto Six of. One of the things they're accusing the Crypto Six of. But I guarantee you they're not going to arrest him and charge him with bank fraud. No. Guarantee it you. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, so a little bit more here from the CNBC story. The accusations that, again, he had given a lot of crypto funds to the Bahamian government were made by FTX. So remember, he's right. no longer the CEO of FTX. Right. There's this uh, regulator type that has taken over FTX, who apparently was involved in, uh, he took over Enron when Enron was going down Go the figure. tubes. So the same guy has been brought in to assess what's going on with FTX. Sure. The accusations were made by FTX in a motion in bankruptcy court. In that motion, they said the alleged conduct puts, quote, in serious question, unquote, a request by Bahamian regulators for recognition as liquidators in the bankruptcy. But there's other companies that weren't owned by FTX, but apparently they had millions of dollars worth of customer funds of theirs on FTX. And so now that FTX has been frozen due to the bankruptcy filing and being not having any liquidity or very little of it uh, to process withdrawals, these other companies have also frozen withdrawals. So there was one called uh, Gemini Earn, which is related to the Gemini Exchange, which, again, not owned by FTX, but the Gemini Exchange, one of the oldest exchanges out there. Apparently, they had some sort of dealings with FTX, and so now their Earn product is, uh, is completely frozen. There's another one called Salt which was one of those lending companies where you could give them your cryptocurrency. Like, let's say you had, let's say you had a, a whole Bitcoin and you wanted to get a loan for $5,000, right? Like Bitcoin right now is worth about $16,000. Let's say, let's say you wanted a loan for $4,000. You'd have to give them the whole Bitcoin and then they'd give you $4,000 as a loan. So basically they would hold the Bitcoin that was worth yeah. four times. Yeah, there's a lot of companies that do this. Yeah. yeah, so those, so that company has frozen withdrawals, frozen deposits at this point. Again, they weren't owned by FTX. So that's what they're calling the the contagion, where there's all these other companies right. uh, in this Well, people uh, are blaming uh, uh, FTX on the Luna crash. That's true as well. Yeah, they're saying that this Sam Bankman was behind the attack mm-hmm. on yeah. uh, Luna slash Terra, 
which was the big decentralized stablecoin that crashed and burned earlier this yeah. year. It was mm-hmm. a huge destruction of value. That thing was like, I think it was over $20 billion or close to $20 billion in value, and it was all gone within days. I played it so good. Days. <laughs> I, I played it riding you. up. I was like, all right, here we go. And then I'm like, this is getting awfully sus. And I pulled it. Right, it was like right at the top. And then wow. I put it in at the very, very bottom. Go ahead, Major. Well, I called an area last night talking about the uh, old Magic Bank man there. Yeah. And, uh, well, he seems he's hiding in Bermuda. One of my thoughts, is that an American territory? Is he extraditable? Uh, I don't know. He's in the Bahamas, according to this, not Bermuda. And... Oh, Bermuda. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. And isn't Bahamas a British territory? Or was it once upon a time? I don't know offhand. I, don't. Well, anyway, I, I think Bahamas is the United States right now. No, it's not the United oh. States. And I'm I'm looking here to see. Uh, it may be its own independent. Yeah, okay. Declared independence from the United Kingdom in 1973. So it is its own nation. Uh, and so I, uh, pr- presumably it's extraditable. I mean, I think there's only a handful of places on the planet that are not extraditable. Uh, but anyway, go on. Well, th- it just came to my attention that come December 30th, this guy is sponsored for a big deal spons- sponsored by the New York Times, mm-hmm. where the New York mayor is going to be the first speaker. He, uh, old uh, Bill Foldboy there, is going to be the second speaker, and then they're going to have the CEO of Twitter and the CEO of Amazon and all these highfalutin big buck daddy warbucks sobs yeah i heard about this i i really can't figure this one but it's rattled my cage yeah i i have heard that the bank man is supposed to be at this conference but it wouldn't surprise me if they canceled him at this point i hope he does go remember when coinbase coinbase went public that's when bitcoin started to drop (laughs) did it yeah it was right at that time um, I Probably remember that. It was like almost a year ago now they went public. I feel like it's been longer than that. No. But what's the breaking news? All right, breaking news. FBI is planning to extradite Sam Bankman Fried really? back to the United States. Well, I mean, it also says, according to Bloomberg News, American and Bohe- uh, Bohemian uh, officials are exploring possibilities hmm. of extraditing FTX founder Sam Bankman uh, for questioning. Questioning? Yeah. Huh. Can you do that? Can they extradite somebody for questioning? It, that's interesting. I mean, well, that's like when a cop asks you to get out of your vehicle. He hasn't told uh-huh. you. You're he under hasn't, arrest. He hasn't told you. Yeah, he hasn't told you you're under arrest yet. <laughs> so once they get him into custody, mm-hmm. you're under arrest. Let's hope. I think you're probably right about that. Uh, well, I mean, look, uh, this guy definitely, I mean, it looks like he scammed people. It looks like this thing might have been a scam from the very beginning. Some people are saying that the ba- there were back doors that mm-hmm. were programmed into the system that he then allegedly used obviously we don't know who the hacker was but it was some insider who knew that these back doors existed yes. and this guy is supposedly known as a talented hacker that's that's what i've seen in the sort of the the crypto twitter posts about sam bankman that he's he's you know he's good at this stuff i and heard so- he's talented at getting hot girls and he's <laughs> No, he's not. Have you seen his girlfriend? Well, that, no, no, no. He's, no, that's, yes, I've seen her. Okay. But we all have seen her. But, uh, <laughs> and there's some unpleasant photos of her out there now. Oh, my. Yeah, oh from boy. the parties. So this mm. is really interesting. But he's had luxurious parties, yep. orgies, all other kinds of crazy wow. uh, experiences in his presence. I've heard there's a lot of amphetamine usage at the a office. A lot of drugs, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Not surprised by any of that. 
Um, and I'm wondering who of, of his clients are also involved in that kind of thing. And not that it's my mm-hmm. personal business, but if he could be, you know, leveraging or, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to accuse him of doing something, but maybe very similar to Jeffrey Epstein type stuff going on to keep people there hush. are some allegations that there was this story, uh, Joa, that came out literally, I don't know, a week before the FTX crash and burn happened. And I I had intended to talk about it here, but we didn't get to it. So I'm just going to bring this one up because it's pretty crazy. The pandemic did, thing. did you hear? No, no, no. Did you hear about the guy uh, who's a crypto programmer who died in Puerto Rico? Mm, no. So according to Thor uh, Maximalist on Twitter, this is a crypto libertarian sounding guy that is one of the guys I follow. Uh, Thor Maximalist is his name. He I've said, that, yeah. there's a guy who was a programmer of the DAI cryptocurrency, D-A-I, and this is a decentralized stablecoin. It's the most popular one ever since Terra Luna died earlier this year and mm-hmm. went, crashed and burned almost completely dead. Uh, DAI was the number two. I didn't know that. Central uh, stablecoin at that time. It's now number one. The programmer, one of the original programmers, he was 29 years old. He died in Puerto Rico. And he died in a mysterious circumstance in the water at the beach in an area that supposedly has riptides or whatever, right? Yeah. So the supposedly he just got caught up in right. you know some yeah. dangerous currents. But this was he literally died weeks after typing this on Twitter. Quote from September fourth. He died at like uh, let's see when was this? The end of October. Quote, three possible futures for me. One, suicided by the CIA. Two, CIA brain-damaged slave asset. Three, worst nightmare of people who effed with me up until now. I'm sure these are the only options. But then two days before, that was a few weeks before he died. Two days before he died, he tweets this. CIA and Mossad and pedo elite are running some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and the Caribbean islands. They are going to frame me with a laptop planted by my ex-girlfriend who was a spy. This is a side story, but I went to Cape Cod and went to Provincetown. I went to this like yeah. hippie shop and they let me film. I haven't released the video yet, but I, um, I asked for permission. They gave me permission to film and I found a, a case of jewelry that had all the pedophile symbols all in one case. See, here's the thing. It's like, it's not an uncommon pattern for humans to draw, though, either, right? Like no, but a spiral. This is, yeah, this was know? no coincidence. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to associate with the gay town, P-town, Provincetown. Mm-hmm. But, yes, there is heavy presence of these things there. And there, out of all the... There's tons of jewelry. I mean, like, this, this jewelry, 100 feet long of cases and jewelry galore uh and then there's just one little case two by you know two feet wide by two feet long Mm. of just pedophilia rings and you can go to this place and confirm it and i'll release the video spiral rings i mean i i I hesitate to jump to the conclusion that every spiral means you've got a no this was a triangle a triangled Mm -hmm. spiral and right next to it was the uh the double butterfly which is uh the uh girl love symbolism okay and then the boy love right next to it it wasn't huh. coincidence it was literally yeah, and they i don't put know if that's there. true about uh about sbf either that's just you know i know you hear right. a lot yeah, of, sidetracking you there. hear a lot of stuff did we even get to the news i don't even know if you got to say what the, the oh no news was. um so yeah before ftx collapsed right yeah. you were just talking about before all this happened right uh founder um you know sam bankman poured millions into pandemic prevention 
you brought up this, was it Washington Post? Yeah, it's the Washington Post. About, this is one of the pieces that people are saying is essentially a puff piece it is. For, uh, for FTX and for Sam Bankman, right. uh, where they're saying, oh, he was such a good guy. Oh, this is so He's terrible. A good boy. Yeah, look at all these <laughs> things he was doing. He was going to help with the pandemic. And apparently there's been this big New York Times puff piece where they haven't said Jack Diddley about him stealing people's money. And it's all just been about, it's all been about like, oh, it was just a mistake. Poor yeah. bank man. <laughs> well, it's saying that uh, FTX uh, through Bankman, um, they undertook a project to spend potentially billions of dollars on pandemic prevention, a long neglected priority on Capitol Hill. Potentially billions of dollars. What billions of dollars they didn't have, it sounds like. Billions of dollars was not theirs to spend. When you deposited money no, on no, FTX. No, they're not spending your money. This is no, this is uh their philosophy called effective altruism. Yes, that's what they pitched constantly mm-hmm. was that There's, they were good guys. Yeah, they Just, weren't doing it for themselves at all or anybody no, else. No. They were doing it because of the kindness of their heart. Right. That's it wasn't all about Sam Bankman. That's why he was putting himself up on every advertisement for FTX, including the sides of not just billboards, but entire buildings with his face on them. Because it was, wasn't all about him or anything. No, but here's the thing is, like, if you read into this article a little bit further, right? It's like, yeah, maybe it's going to help with this pandemic, allegedly, right? But then you read it. It's a campaign donations and other initiatives intended to improve biosecurity and prevent the next pandemic. Biosecurity? What is that? That just sounds like you're trying to get, like, non-con- no-contact sort of, uh, you know... That sounds like you've got a chip in your hand. Exactly. Right? Yes, yes. Biosecurity, right? Yeah. They're, they're trying to make it so that we don't have to touch bills, dollar mm. bills. And that would be great. I wouldn't want to touch another dollar bill in my life. But sure. they're trying to bring on the CBDC. And that's, that's central you know, bank digital currency. Right. And that could be like one of his ways to convince everyone, oh, you, you don't have to touch money again. We can use the CBDC, which is secure and traceable and all this jazz. Um, but obviously traced by... The psychopaths in charge. The Federal Reserve would have total control over the CBDC. Yes, yeah, and it, it just it just goes on and on. This is a little funny thing here. It says while Sam Bankman Fried's uh, spending spending had invoked comparisons to public health champions like Bill Gates and political king mass, uh, makers like George Soros. Some commentators, former allies, now suggest other parallels, such as disgraced uh, Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, who vowed to revolutionize healthcare? Mm. You know, it, they're comparing him to someone that's great. Even these people that they're mentioning are not so great. Sure, uh, but you know, they're trying to prop him up. You know, yes, yes, they are. And he really isn't anyone special. You guys got to no, read he's his just tweets. a dork. He's he's this dorky kid who is does not take good care of himself. Obviously, no. like he mm. is in bad shape. And he's constantly on drugs, which again, I don't have a problem if you're using drugs, whatever. Yeah. I don't care about that. But if you're using, if you're, if you're in charge of billions of dollars mm-hmm. of other people's money and you're just popping amphetamines like crazy all right. day, doing like doing God knows what with the, with other people's money. I mean, taking crazy risks, Appar- that's pretty irresponsible. Apparently he was taking a drug that, uh, people that have, um, what do you call it? They have the shakes of Muhammad Ali and, uh, the other guy, hmm. um, it's uh, Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yes, Parkinson's disease. He's taking his medication that he doesn't have Parkinson's. By the way, the name of the company that he was funding to help with the pandemic, it was called Guarding Guarding Against Pandemics. Right, Guarding, it wasn't his brother running it? Yes, you say? it was his brother. Yeah. Mm, how convenient. 
Mm-hmm. So he was going to take a billion dollars or whatever from FTX and then shuffle it over to his brother for quote unquote pandemic whatever. I almost feel like it's it's kind of threatening, right? Oh, we yeah, don't let us fall. Don't let me fall because I was trying to save y'all from the pandemic, right? And it's like, oh, now that I'm falling, guess what, guys? Round two. This fat tub of lard wasn't going to do anything about the pandemic. I mean, if anybody looked at him and said he's the paragon of good health, they were just absolutely deluding themselves. Right. This guy's eating fast food all day. Well, I, I mean, mean, he's never lifted a weight to save his life. This is all part of like the structure that they're trying to build. They're trying to build, okay, pandemic's coming back. We need to have a currency that you can't touch. Uh, it just seems like it's all falling in place, what he was trying to do, and they're gonna, he's going to get it. I mean, maybe not him, but the world's going to get it. Going to get what? This CBDC. At least oh, they're doing coming. a 12-week program is what they're going to experiment with. And then we're not going to bat an eye in 12 weeks because it's going to work and function perfectly, right? And then they're just going to implement it. You well, know that's it's how not it's going to be right away. It's government. It's going to take years for that to come out. But they it doesn't. But people's attention spans, though. People, yeah, yeah. It doesn't but, matter. But but they haven't yet approved it. So what they're right. doing right now is they're doing a trial and they're going to come back with the results and they're going to report back to because it's the New York Federal Reserve I think that's doing the trial with right. TD Bank and you know Bank of America, a lot of the big banks. So they're doing this sort of interbank transfer thing, right. which of course what uh, Ripple was supposed to be originally. The Ripple cryptocurrency was supposed to help banks well, transfer. XRP. Ripple That's is what, just the company. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm just Ripple. trying to make that clear. Yeah, XRP is called Ripple, isn't it? Yeah, but when yeah. you when people say Ripple, you're you're associating it with the company out there, the investing company. Well, versus, they made it. Uh, did they? I'm pretty sure they did. I don't know. It's been around for a long time. They might have been part of developing, but I don't know. Well, they're the ones pushing it. They're the yeah. ones who are trying to get banks on board. Right. The whole vision for Ripple was that it was going to be an interbank mm-hmm. uh, currency that, that sped the process up rather than having to use the uh, Federal Clearinghouse or the Swift Wire system or whatever. They mm-hmm. would use Ripple. Of course, now the feds are going after Ripple in an SEC lawsuit, much like going after the library. Right. And library, unfortunately, lost their suit. So, I mean, I don't know how that's going to pan out for for ripple and, and ripple's been be saying well, well let's go let's, let's they've been asking to you know let's go, go to court. court let's go yeah. to court let's get the regulations uh, set in place so we know what the game is and that's exactly what they do they they in almost any time the government does something where it's you know legalizing you know it's like a gray area in the market and what's happening it's always the uh the big players trying to swallow up everything while right. the uh these you know so entrepreneurs the big the big players don't want ripple involved they want to cut them out of the picture they well, want to do their own honest. thing that's what the CBDC is going to come in for. We got Nathan on the line in Pennsylvania watching us on uh, YouTube. Go ahead, Nathan. All right. Yeah, hi. Uh, I heard you talking about Bitcoin, and thought I'd just uh, share my thoughts on that. We, I'm an investor. I buy stocks. I buy mainly uh, growth stocks, some value stocks, and uh, real estate. And uh, the problem for a lot of investors is with Bitcoin, we just don't, see where there's any kind of assets to back it up or any cash flow or profitability. So, well, so we we just don't see that yet. Uh, maybe maybe we're missing something. Yeah. Well, th- I have a I have a good explanation for you on what it is. So, Bitcoin is just proof of work, right? So, there's people mining it and providing a service to and that's what's creating its value is that people can do these confirmations uh and yeah, it seems like uh, you know, it's obvious that people invested in Bitcoin which drove the price up. But the value of Bitcoin is the utility to be able to trade uh, amongst each other uh, with outside the realm of centralized, you know, 
uh, banks. You don't have to ask for permission. You can send Correct. value from one person to another across okay. the entire planet in a matter of moments, and you don't have a banker or a government standing in the way and telling you that you can't do it. So that is the value uh, behind Bitcoin and also the fact that there are thousands of nodes on the Bitcoin network. So it's got decentralization as well, essentially meaning that it cannot be taken down. Uh, It cannot be stopped, essentially, by corrupt governments of the world. The bankers and the the governments do not like this technology because it is a threat to them. And so certainly it is being fought against, but it can never be stopped. And so there's that value, the value in the network itself, that allows for what you were saying, Joe, which is to say that people can transmit value from one person to the next. Mm -hmm. So basically it it allows for cutting out of the middleman when it comes to money. There's value in that. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I I see your point. I mean, yeah. it sounds like a legitimate point. And I think there are some countries out there in the world that have unstable governments. And if the government collapses and they are using something like Bitcoin, they still have a more viable currency. But I still Correct. think for, for investors like ourselves, we just see it as too risky. We buy mutual funds. We buy growth um, stocks. I'm a Tesla investor, and I like Tesla because they sell cars. They generate great profits. They have tremendous growth. Uh, so I'm a believer in growth companies, but Bitcoin is a little bit more difficult for a lot of us to, uh, I guess, buy into. We got Joe on the line in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live listening online. Go ahead, Joe. Carolyn Ellison was the original CEO of uh, what do you call it, uh, the Bitcoin company. She's there the there is no Bitcoin friend. company. No. I just want to clarify. No, he's talking about FTX, uh, yeah, right? I mean, I mean of, the, of FTX. 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 That, yeah, right. FTX, FTX, just for clarification, because a lot of people don't understand this. I was uh, watching a video online last night of some of these guys that I like that uh, do movie reviews. And they're great at movie reviews, but they don't know jack about cryptocurrency. And they were saying, isn't Bitcoin? Isn't the Bitcoin company in profits or something like that? Like, no, there is no company behind Bitcoin. So FTX was a Bitcoin exchange uh, and I think they were like a futures market or something as well. Anyway, go ahead, Joe. Uh, Carolyn, wasn't she the girlfriend? Carol, Carolyn uh-huh. Ellison was the original CEO mm-hmm. of uh, FTX. Her father is Glenn Ellison, head of uh, the economic division of MIT. Mm-hmm. He appointed Gary uh, Glenn Glensler, head of crypto department of MIT. And that's funny, in 2018, Biden nominated Gary to be head of the SEC. So all of this... Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. 2019 would have been uh, Trump that, that nominated him. 2018, I'm Right, sorry. so that would have been Trump. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, it, it, oh, I'm sorry. In 2018, he, he was head of... Uh, MI, I'm, I'm looking at my notes. He was head of MIT. Okay. He was nominated in 2021 by Biden. Oh, okay, got and it. Now, got it. Right, and so he's head of uh, the SEC right now. Right, so, so the FCC or the uh, the SEC head used to work yeah. directly underneath the uh, the uh, the co-owner of FTX, father. this Carolyn Ellison, her father. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Okay. Um. So we have all that, and also he, what's his name of. Uh, uh, Bank man, uh, yeah. yeah, donated uh, between thirty-seven million and thirty-seven and forty million to the politicians. That's right, These the Democratic Party specifically. Right, 
These are called, you know, public officials, and they're lawmakers. They should know the law. These lawmakers should have known this, and they uh, had the uh, crypto. They should be forced to give it back. They should be prosecuted if they're prosecuting some poor guy in uh, New Hampshire. Well, I, I agree with that. Yeah, but I am not right, a fan right. of the system, and Bankman was right. was was their cheerleader. I made a joke, Joe, yep. um, that you know I made a little like uh, uh, deep fake video, <laughs> and it's a mm, yeah. uh, uh, it's a guy I forget his name from Talladega Nights, right? He um, I made him say, "Oh, we're not going to arrest the bank man. He was just trying to start World War III, right?" And like, and I was also referring to Ian Freeman that uh, the reason why he right. got started into Bitcoin because Bitcoin's not bombs, and mm-hmm. we didn't want to go to war. We're using a currency that does not promote war. Correct. That was the original purpose. So you know, guess oh, what they had to do? They had to twist oh, it on us, right? Yeah. Oh, and they no. Hold on, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Fried, uh, he donated. They, there was a fund set up for donation money for Ukraine and stuff like that. Yes, and that also got funneled in for weapons to the Ukraine. Come mm. on now, yeah, aid mm-hmm. aid for Ukraine dot com. I believe it was the website. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think all these lawmakers should be prosecuted before the guy in New Hampshire because they know better. Yeah, but they're not going to. They're not going to punish themselves. Obviously, <laughs> right? Well, they should be, and the people should. Rise up and uh, say, "Hey, the guy in New Hampshire, be let go. Punish the people who." Well, thank you, Joe. And, that is very kind. They have, and they still have the damn money. Well, that's the, the question: point. is do they have the money, or has it been spent on something, it's gone. or did he funnel it somewhere secret? You know, who knows? Oh, there you go. More who crimes. Knows? More crimes by the lawmakers. Oh. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. What you're saying, Joey, is that this was a plan from the beginning Absolutely. by FTX to essentially scam people out of billions of dollars hey. and make it look like they were some, you know, altruistic people. Sam Bankman did not care about crypto. What he cared about was investing in profits. That's all he cared about. And he's not one to prop up crypto as like a savior like everyone else has been doing over these years. Like in the savior, a sense of, of currency exchange, right? He didn't care about that at all. He showed, if anything, he showed all the vulnerabilities all at once and showed that, you know, we cannot trust these exchanges. Mm, and yep. some, some young guys, um, not um, age discriminating, uh, but he's a young guy that had had no clue no how to. Right. And no like, experience. you guys put too much faith in this guy. And now, and you know, I do have to wonder if he is just delusional. Patsy. Right? You think he's a Patsy? They put him in, they put him in a position where they could be a fall guy and he's going to get a slap on the wrist because his parents are regulators. 
Well, his parents are connected with, with the Regulators. It's enough. I'm not it's sure enough. they actually are. Uh, his dad's a professor or something like that. But uh, his dad argues for taxation. His dad wants to see more people paying taxes. And SBF, Bankman here, the guy that was running uh, the exchange, he was constantly arguing for regulation. And so they're going to use this as the excuse to call for more regulation. He's like, but- hey, stop me. Hey, why don't you try and stop me? That's kind of like what he's saying at the same time while he's doing these horrible things. But, but- some, of the, some of the things he's said makes... One wonder if this guy is just really delusional and crazy. So, for instance, he said in an interview with a reporter at Vox, the uh, the left-leaning yeah. website, he said his biggest regret is that he filed for bankruptcy. Now, we mentioned that earlier, but what he actually says in this conversation, here's what he said in the, in the text messages. He says, I effed up big, multiple times. You know what was maybe my biggest single F up? And the reporter says... Oh, and he says the one thing everyone told me to do, everything would be 70% fixed right now if I hadn't, he says. And the reporter says, I'm trying to guess, but I have no idea. And Sam says, chapter 11. Does he actually, does he believe that he could have somehow fixed this situation in a week's time or in years' time, had he just not filed bankruptcy? Or does he just want people to believe that? How crazy is This is his is attempt. He? This is his formula to try to fix it for but real. But he can't. He can't fix it. I he's know. Out. Well, he's, he's out. That's why he's literally threatening the world with the second pandemic. <laughs> but he's not. I mean, it's that's pseudo. That's mainstream media. I know, but it's pseudo. It's pseudo That's just the, that's saying What it. you're talking about is a mainstream. I don't think I've seen anything of him saying that. No, no, but that's what I'm saying is it's media. like, I know, but it's all kind of all connected. And it's the, the mainstream media is propping him up. The bankruptcy guy identified four business silos within FTX. And I, I presume a silo is a term for where they keep money. Secure uh, holding area or something. Yeah. Well, anyway, he, uh, he he names the different silos and which businesses they're associated with. And then he goes on to say that I understand that many entities, for example, never had board meetings. The FTX group did not maintain centralized control of its cash. They didn't even keep a running list of all of their bank accounts. He says further that he doesn't even trust the financials that he was given because they were done by Sam Bankman. So he doesn't even know if what he's looking at is in any way, shape, or form accurate or true, because this guy can't be trusted at all. Maybe that's what they can get him for, is setting up fake bank accounts, you know? They could try that. Uh, human, According to this, Human Resources was failing. They, uh, The entire FTX group didn't even have any employee management. They could not furnish a simple list of employees. Jeez. They could not uh, furnish the terms of the agreements of the employees, presuming they have them, and each employee's current status. They didn't have any information about that. Employees were paid through online chat, and managers, quote, approved disbursements by responding with personalized emojis. Further. So they use code emojis? Apparently so. What? Uh, further, the uh, SBF, a.k.a. Bankman, and his partner Gary Wang controlled all of their assets personally, the FTX assets, using a group email account to share private keys, software, uh, to conceal the misuse of customer funds. And according to this, they didn't keep any appropriate books or records or security controls with respect to its digital assets. It didn't seem like they were very... Uh safe about what they were doing no in the sense of other people's stuff you know an unsecured group email account 
Email by its nature is completely sent in the clear over all kinds of servers that are not your own server. They're they're doing it in some purpose. They're like I think like they're leaving everything open doored uh, so that hackers can come in so they can blame it on somebody else. Mm. Like the hundred million supposedly they lost too. You know. The secret exemption of Alameda from certain aspects of FTX.com's auto-liquidation protocol. Alameda was their other company, the investments uh, company, where they apparently were funneling money over that that should not have been there, that kind of thing. Theories that Alameda was liquidation-exempt on FTX seem to be confirmed by Ray's initial investigation. He notes that uh, $372 million in unauthorized transfers happened on the petition date. So remember what I told you earlier, that at the time they filed for for the bankruptcy that night 372 million dollars worth of cryptocurrency was was removed from the supposedly locked down wallets we have tom on the line in west virginia go ahead tom hey i just had a little feel-good story about a i took a little walk uh, to the dollar store up the street and there was a woman uh there's a little uh Hang out. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Do you guys still have dollar stores? Because around here, they're now dollar twenty-five trees. <laughs> uh, well, well, there. Uh, yeah, the dollar tree went up. Yeah, we've got the Dollar General and the uh, Family Dollar. But right, uh, yeah, there, there's nothing left really for a dollar. Right, now. right. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. I didn't know if there were such <laughs> no. things anymore. Go ahead with the story. Oh, uh, yeah. Th- so there's a little convenience store gas station hangout uh, sort of place up here on the, I'm about 10 minutes from uh, downtown and a mile from the state capitol okay and uh, so there's a woman real nice woman up there she was given away she had a whole cart full those little uh, pull carts I call them grandma carts people pull around okay. uh, full of uh, chicken sandwiches mm. and uh I don't really need anything. She had so many. I I took one, ate it on the way home. But uh, nice. she was real friendly and, uh, you know, talking to people and just just a really good uh, atmosphere and uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, countenance uh, she was giving off and all that stuff. I just okay. thought I'd throw it out, out there for the listeners. Was it a good chicken sandwich? Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess it does uh, matter uh, in this situation. It does matter, yeah, absolutely. So you'd buy a chicken sandwich from this lady again, is what you're saying? Well, he you got it sure, for free. Sure. You got it for free, or oh yeah, oh, yeah. she was just giving. Oh, she, she was, was giving, giving them away. away. Oh, it's oh, yeah. a feel good story. I, well, I mean, I would have felt good paying for a chicken I sandwich from a nice lady good. on the streets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like now, now, do you think she had a license to give away those chicken sandwiches? Oh no, no. That makes me feel even better. Yeah, yeah. Knowing knowing that it was unlicensed. Uh, a, you know, a charitable thing that, that she didn't ask permission from the government to, uh, nice. to do that. That that warms my heart. You can't be seen as a uh, an international level thief, and <laughs> right. uh, and they the even though the politicians themselves are international level thieves, yeah. they're way more successful at it than Bankman was. Right. We need the petition and to get his name changed. So to he's jailman. He's gonna be on the outs with these guys. They're gonna they're gonna take his forty bill or his forty million that he donated to the, they're not giving that back, right? right. Like, they, like if they actually wanted to quote unquote help people, they would give that money and then that money would be returned to the customers of FTX. But that's not gonna happen. The politicians are gonna take that forty million and then they're gonna disavow Bankman. They're gonna say that, oh well we didn't know we had no idea, and this this bank man is the reason why we need to regulate. 
We need regulations. And the thing is, it's not just going to be the politicians that are calling for it. According to a full-page advertisement in the Wall Street Journal by Coinbase, Coinbase, uh, one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges also on the planet and certainly within the United States, they say after paragraphs of talking about trust (laughs) <laughs> and how you know trust is you know you can't trust anybody but coinbase is in the u.s and yeah they're, right they're regulated and this and that uh they say at the very end they say it's time to establish a regulatory framework that will make this future possible talking about a decentralized system where you don't have to trust coinbase or any other institution they say that's the promise of crypto the only thing you need to trust is the math everything is transparent immutable and verifiable to all but the thing is coinbase you don't get to regulate a decentralized system that's the whole point of why it was created Mm -hmm. you coinbase are a centralized system right you are not part of decentralization as much as you want people to believe you are you're not part so, of it. So, so are you saying you're in favor of these laws being passed because it doesn't matter because they're they're centralized? Oh no, I'm against them completely, against them because the the laws and the regulations that they they're probably going to try to pass when it comes to crypto are going to make it harder for people to get crypto. Right, because they essentially the government wants to KYC everyone going into it, and they already into are. any sort of investing for the most part. They already are. Yeah. I mean, every single crypto exchange has know your customer. By the way. Another point about this whole FTX thing that I, somebody made online, I wish I could give credit to this person because this was a brilliant point. If these people were indeed criminals from the beginning and they weren't just totally incompetent kids that were high on drugs all the time and <laughs> yeah. just playing with other people's money, right? Like right. it's one or the other, right? Like they, they are totally incompetent screwballs. Or nefarious or to begin with. they plotted this from the very beginning. So if they were... Um, actually plotting this from the very beginning, and they are criminally intended kind of people, how many millions or hundreds of thousands or whatever, how many customers' identities do they now have? How many passports? How many driver's license? How many social security numbers? Starbucks workers at more than 100 stores in the U.S. are on strike as of today, apparently, as their largest labor action since a campaign to unionize the company's stores began late last year. The walkouts coincide with Starbucks' annual Red Cup Day, when the company gives free reusable cups to customers who order a holiday drink. Workers say it's often one of the busiest days of the year. Oh, jeez. And so that's when they decided to go on strike. Because it got too busy? Yeah, apparently they didn't want to work. It's too hard. Oh, my God. They say they're seeking better pay. More consistent schedules and higher staffing levels in busy stores. Stores in 25 states plan to take part in the labor action, according to Starbucks Workers United, the group organizing the effort. Strikers are handing out their own red cups with union logos. They, the Starbucks, which opposes the unionization effort, says it's aware of the walkouts and respects its employees' right to lawfully protest. The Seattle company noted the protests are happening at a small number of its 9,000 company-run U.S. locations. So I think that people should be free to join and form unions. I think that in the absence of a government mandate, and there are a lot of government mandates when it comes to unionization, but in the absence of government mandates, meaning, meaning they would take the union side, for instance, and force certain things on an employer, if there's no government involvement, then 
let the employees form a union. But if you want to fire everybody, then you should be able to do that, right? Yeah, like absolutely. If, if you want to walk out on the busiest day of the year, and I can find somebody else who can brew a Bye, cup of Felicia. coffee, yeah, you're done. You're done. I mean, look, I'm not saying there aren't. I don't go to these stores, right? Like, I'm not a coffee drinker. Generally, I, I'll have a cup with Bonnie on a Sunday, you know. But that's it. That's it, right? Like, right. I don't have, I don't have this addiction. Um, I, I certainly, if I did, I wouldn't be spending seven dollars a day or whatever to go to Starbucks to feed that addiction. Yeah, no. So, I mean, this just doesn't make any sense to me. But hey, you do you. Whatever it is that floats your boat. If you like Starbucks and you want to spend a tr- tremendous amount of money there and time, by the way, the time of ordering and waiting and and all that. So, I'm not saying that there aren't baristas who are better than the average, right? Like they're, yeah, absolutely. they maybe are friendlier. They're they're better with people. They, they sound like they would put up with the special cup at Starbucks day. You mean the good baristas yeah. wouldn't complain about yeah, absolutely. working? Absolutely. No, yeah, they'd yeah. be like, "Oh, I maybe make some more tips today." Hell yeah, you would make more tips, right? Like yeah. if you're helping people out and you're good at what you do, you're going to get tips from people. Yeah. It's just an it's a no-brainer. And if you've got 10 times the customers coming in, you should probably get at least twice as many tips, maybe even more than that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, quote, we remain committed to all partners and will continue to work together side by side to make Starbucks a company that works for everyone, the company said. So, I mean, the, the Starbucks company is run by a hard left uh, yes. Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, even though they, quote unquote, oppose the unionization effort, they're obviously not you know firmly taking a stand against what is going on here but the the workers of the union are saying they want higher staffing levels in busy stores well i suspect the owners or the operators of the stores and i guess there's a lot of corporate i don't are there even franchise starbucks stores around the world yeah are there okay of well, course in this case they're saying they're saying there's nine thousand corporate stores company run uh u.s locations so i wonder what wow. the breakdown is between corporate versus all i know is that starbucks is like the number one coffee shop in the world I believe well, it. Technically, McDonald's would be number one. For coffee? Well, a lot of people buy coffees, maybe From just McDonald's, as many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it could be true. Um, but anyway, the you know they're saying they want higher staffing levels. You can't force people to work there? No. Maybe the, uh, the, the Gen Zs are just spoiled and they just can't handle manual labor jobs or whatever. But if they're having trouble with stock and shelves, they're going to have trouble with getting uh, people to mix... Mix coffees uh, together here. So yeah, they no, can barely do that well, too. Yeah, I mean, you guys can strike if you want to, but it's not going to make sure, it's not going to guarantee that Starbucks is going to be able to hire people. Anyway, uh, more from the story here. Some workers plan to picket all day while others will do shorter walkouts. The union said the goal is to shut down the stores during the strikes and noted the company usually has difficulty staffing during Red Cup Day because it's so busy. Two of the baristas said they love being baristas in Philadelphia at the 34th Street and Chestnut Starbucks, but the work has gotten harder, they say, with the understaffed store trying to fill delivery orders and in-person orders simultaneously. Quote, it's just not viable, it's very stressful, and a lot of people don't really notice, like, the humans behind this assembly. And I I get get it, right? Like, you work for a corporate store, people... They just want to get their coffee, right? They just want to go to work. I can see that 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 people treat you, and it's not right. I'm not defending this at all, right? right like right. I like to, whenever I go somewhere, whether it's uh, you know, if, if it's a grocery store or whatever, I try to to call the person by their first name Absolutely, yeah. on their name tag. 
uh, try to actually have a, a you know some sort of a pleasant interaction with that person. But I know I'm just one of many people, right? And a lot of people are not very nice. A lot of people, a lot of customers are are rude and they don't treat staff right. like they're human. So I get that. But that's just a problem with working for the public, especially people in the morning that haven't had that coffee yet. That could be. <laughs> um, but you know that's just a problem with working for people. Hey, working, yeah, you know, like yeah. you're gonna you deal with the public. You're gonna deal with everybody that's having a bad day. Yeah. Right, and you kind of have to understand that uh, going into it. Being mad about about your job isn't going to make the customer feel any better. Right. It's not going to make you feel any better. It's just going to make your day worse. Right. So if you can't handle having a few bad customers like a professional and keep a smile on your face, you should be working in a back stocking a shelf somewhere right. instead of instead of working with customers. And here's I, the thing: I don't really disagagree with the, this all happening in one essence, and that would be that you shouldn't be working for a corporate uh, coffee shop. I was just asking you during the break, Joe, that, you know, have you ever worked at one of these corporate places before? I was thinking in the food industry, but you said you did a Staples gig for a little while. Yeah, I worked at Staples I worked at, at Kmart, uh, what they ended wow. up rebranding to what they call Big Kmart for yeah, Big K. some time in uh, in Florida. I worked there for several years, like four years, as, as also as a teenager. You said you were as a teenager yes. at, um, back in the day. And, uh, you know, I, I never had these problems, right? Like, I maybe it's just because I was raised right by my parents who, you yeah. know, inculcated a good work ethic into me. But, yeah, obviously there were some customers that were worse than others, but you just, you deal with it, right? It's like, expected. Yeah, you keep a smile on your face and, uh, and then they move along. Also, and, if you work at, like, say, Starbucks, you should expect some snooty customers. Absolutely. This is part of the job. Absolutely. And like you said, you should expect to get some tips too, right? Like if you're good at what yeah. you do, if you're friendly and you're not all uppity and angry and feeling like you're entitled to things, right? Because right? that's going to transmit. If you've got an attitude, then the cu- it's going to transmit to the customers right. and you're not going to get as many tips. So these are people who I think they don't like to work, right? They don't yeah. want to, they don't want to, and I understand you don't want to take on extra responsibility. They hired you at a certain rate and then they, pa- this is a thing that they do at corporations, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, no, we're not going to hire a new manager and you're going to take on the manager duties, but we're not going to pay you like a manager. So I get it. Like, I'm not defending everything that Starbucks does. I'm sure they're a crappy company to work for. Uh, but, you know, like we said, everyone's hiring right now. So if you want to work at a local coffee shop, just go walk down Main Street, right. and I bet you you'll find more than one of them that's willing to hire you. And if you don't want to work in a coffee shop, then every place, for the, for the most part, is hiring. Everything from manufacturing right. all the way to, uh, to retail, you name it, uh, it's out there. But let's get back to the story here because there's more about exactly what's going on. Again, they got some quotes from some of the workers, quote-unquote, the ones that are uh, not working today. Uh, talking about the the frustrations of working for the company. One of them, uh, Sylvia Baldwin, she's 26. She's on the store's bargaining committee. Remember, these are the stores where they are trying to unionize these. Uh, the, the employees are unionizing. And, and now this is something Starbucks is opposing, and they're going to get into how that is. Uh, she says she's frustrated the union hasn't been able to bargain with Starbucks. Striking on Starbucks' busiest day felt inspiring to her, and it will, quote, be impossible to ignore. So according to this, Starbucks is even saying, hey, look, look, you union guys, we're following the law here. Okay, We're just, tra- we're just trying to follow the law, <laughs> and they can't give union stores pay hikes without bargaining. So they cannot raise the rates 
of the pay of the union workers unless they can go and have the bargaining process where they meet with the the union reps and they try to say, okay, well, this is what the workers need to get paid, blah, 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 and then they have to come to an agreement. So Starbucks is saying, hey, look, we're not bargaining with you. Yeah, they're basically – corporate Starbucks is like, oh, wow, these uh, – you know, first-time jobbers that serve coffee are going to try to form a union. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they have their union, but that's it. That's like the end of the story. So now they're striking, right? Because yeah. they can't they can't bargain, so they're just not going to work at all. At a store in Seattle, uh, less than three miles from Starbucks headquarters, workers said managers were making drinks while baristas picketed outside. "Quote: It's been almost a year since we told Starbucks we are unionizing this location, and we still haven't been able to get them to agree to a time." For contract negotiations. This is San Francisco? Seattle. Seattle? Okay, I guess it's the home city. Yeah, I guess, yeah, Seattle. I could see people in Seattle not happy about their wage. Okay, I'm sure it's very expensive to live there. So I I just, they don't need to unionize. It's just like they should all plan a mass walkout if they don't. That's what they're doing. I know, but not. I know, just that, like, specific specific locations. Yeah, and like. But the other ones aren't mad because they got a raise. Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, yes. Uh, let me hold on. Let me get up the Yes, sir. I, did, I was on the bus, and I saw them getting rid of the old swamp coolers, the evaporator coolers into air conditioning on top of the roofs. And it, it turns out, like, the winter time is, like, the best time to buy the cheapest air conditioner and the best time to convert it, and I'm kind of, I'm quite bewildered why this is. Wait, why uh, air conditioners on sale in the winter time? Actually, it makes yeah, logical sense. There's no sales of air conditioners in the winter time, right? Meaning that there's people not looking to buy during the winter, so that's when you get the best deals, right? Is that is that supply and demand? Because I, I was like, yes, I, yeah, I, I got them advertised. What are they talking about? Nobody wants to think about air conditioning in the middle of December. But they were like, if you buy a heater, you'll get an air conditioning for free or something crazy. And That's I a good incentive. It's like in the summertime here in New Hampshire, wood is on sale. You know, wood's on sale. Burning yeah, yeah. firewood, you know, for your wood stove. But during the winter. On the, in the winter, it goes up. Top it goes up in it. price, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is called supply and demand. Correct, Sarah. Very, very good. You figured it out. This is one step closer to working. Yeah, it's her well, brain's working. It, understanding. Bit. Yeah. Well, what about um? Is it uh, what about overstocking? That I've seen a lot of products on sale if they over miscalculate, if they over order with the many items yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. That in that case, that's where a, a, a store, for instance, thinks they're going to sell so many of a certain item, right. and then it turns out not that many people were interested in that item. And so, rather than having them taking up shelf space, they decide to mark the price down, and maybe you know, hopefully, they don't take a loss on the item, lower the price down to you know where they're still making a little bit of money. Uh, and then they can get it off the shelves. That's or like, they, they mark it down to below their cost, and then, and then they have to take a loss. This one time I was in Walmart, and I bought a whole cart, a whole a grocery cart full of peanut butter, because each peanut butter jar, Jiffy, was two cents each. Whoa. So I was like, I'm just yeah. going to wheel this whole cart right to two the register. Cents. Yeah. What'd you do with them? Fed them to pigs. Wow. Nice. But I just want to comment about the Starbucks. You know, I I happen to love Starbucks, and I'm I'm just 
amazed at the the work. Can you spend so EBT miserable. at Starbucks? No, you you don't. But you know what I like? I like it as their hours. They're open. How do you do it? How do you uh, are you selling your EBT money uh, for like fifty percent and then taking the cash in for Starbucks? Well, I mean, I pay cheap rent. Uh, I only pay three hundred fifty, so I got some money left over to buy a latte every now and then. Where does it come from, though? Where does the ca- where do you get the cash from? Because you're getting a bunch of welfare payments. So, is, are they giving you a check? But, yeah, well, most of it uh, we get it. Most of it, I get about eight hundred forty dollars in cash, so I can afford cash. to buy a cup of coffee here and there. Usually, politicians let the thugs do their their enforcement for them. This one attacked you physically, yes, uh, Joa, during a uh, a recent gathering of protesters outside of a debate, a debate that happened. Yeah. Video is available at freekeen.com. Indisputable video, crystal clear. Yeah, and uh, this guy accused you, yes, of hitting him. Correct. When in point of fact, he was the one who hit you, and right. that's what the video shows. Yes, you want to bring a lawsuit against this guy? Well, I did file a complaint against him at the police, and they sent me an email a couple of days ago saying they're still they're still uh, looking into it, still investigating. But yeah, still you've investigating. approached a lawyer in the meantime because yes. you know it's not a bad idea to have one. Yeah, of those. I think it's a good idea. But they usually want to get paid, yeah. Right, and yep. so this guy wants sixteen hundred. Correct, sixteen hundred dollars to take on this case, and I believe that he's going to do a good job because he's in helped theory me in you'll the past. make it back, right? Like in yes, theory, yes. you'll be able to cover the costs with a settlement check. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I uh, realist uh, ideally, but uh, realistically, I need sixteen hundred. Just to get okay. this lawyer. All right. And, uh, I have, You're doing a fundraiser. That's correct. Uh, and you can go to uh, givebutter.com slash flaw, F-L-A-W. Mm, okay. And uh, Give Butter is great because it's uh, you have a choice if you want to donate to Give Butter. So oh, they really? ask for a dollar, and everything that you donate on there goes directly to my lawyer. It's going to be Sweet. transferred directly to him. It's not going to go in my hands at all. Okay. Um, so, that's, yeah. That's nice. Yep. Um yeah, it's up to you if you want to donate to them. They do not require it, and yeah, I sixteen hundred is going to go a long debit way. Debit card, credit card donation. I believe so. Yeah, I think it mm-hmm. takes just just about anything there, in that sense. Um, but uh, yeah, my uh, my lawyer is a good lawyer. He's helped me before in the past. I got a settlement, but now I need to go after Goffstown and uh, against these uh, criminal charges, uh, misdemeanor, right? Misdemeanor B charges, which you know I'm. I could just see a fine. I'm not going to see jail time, I don't think. Looks like uh, payment options include PayPal, Google Pay, Venmo, and paying with a, a debit or credit card. Right. So, All right. Uh, you're currently at 1,000-something? Uh, 1,025, I think. 1,025, so more than half more the than way half. to the goal. It took me a day to do that. And that's really good Yeah. Uh, for one day. For real, for real, yeah. That's incredible. Thank you, everyone that's done that's donated so far. So Yeah, so you can uh, jump in there. Go to givebutter.com slash flaw. Now, tell me about the Give Butter. Are they, uh, you know, they going to get all uppity? Are they going to find out that... You're an activist. I don't think so. No, they've like, helped other like people in the past. Me. No, no, the no, it it's much better uh, mm-hmm. site. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one like Give Go Send or something. Give Send Go. Give yeah. Send Go. Yeah, they're the they're, they're similar. Like that. Yeah, and like so, there's multiple of them that people prefer, and uh, Give Butter is like like that. Dudes just going into like CVS yep. or Walgreens with literally like a huge knapsack. They they will ride yep. their bicycle into the store yeah. and just walk around and throw throw stuff off the shelves into this big bag and then just walk out. 
Yeah, Target's saying they lost $600 million. They're projected to have lost over $600 million, over half a billion dollars in, uh, one in year. profits. In and that's just up one from year. $400 million Yep. in the last year? Correct. Wow. Um, wow, that's crazy. And I don't, I don't know if you ever knew about this story. This guy in like San Francisco, I think it was, um, he has a convenience store of some sort. And because the law in California says you can steal up to $200 of goods and not get arrested for mm-hmm. it, or I don't I remember. It's higher than that. It's higher than that. It was like, yeah, I think you're right. It was like 800 or something. Yeah, it's like eight or nine, somewhere in that range. Well, the guy, he you created. You can do misdemeanor and, and they do nothing, basically. Well, basically, he, he, uh, uh, upcharged everything in a store over like a th- like nine hundred and ninety dollars, yeah, yeah. and then he had a coupon, and that said <laughs> gives you a discount, <laughs> and so that it would make it normal retail price. So normal so, customers get the regular price. right. So if you steal, say you stole five item five items, it goes mm-hmm. over five thousand dollars. Now you're committing that's a felony. Smart. That's smart. <laughs> where was this guy located? I think it was San Francisco because he had a real problem with happening. it. That's where yeah. it started. That's yeah, yeah, that's where a lot of this is happening. But you're saying it's spreading out of San Francisco and it's going to other cities. Well, yeah, yeah it's everywhere now. And we've seen a lot of videos, I'm sure, if you've paid attention to them. Well, I don't know if it's everywhere. We don't hear a lot about it up here. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. <laughs> 